Hello, everyone. This is the J Mill for Real podcast. Yes, that is right. This is the J Mill for Real podcast, and this is your host J Mill coming at you for a football Friday. That's right, a week three football Friday, and I have my co-host right alongside me. That is Mr. Joshua Rarig. How are you doing today on this lovely afternoon, Mr. Rarig? I'm doing well. I'm just getting home from work and uh, ready to enjoy high school football Friday, college football Saturday, and the NFL on Sunday. Oh, this yeah. Is, uh, Isn't it beautiful? It's, it's great football for three straight days. Uh, oh, four straight days. We got Monday Night Football, too. Hello, are yeah, you now, here? Now you have, a, you have some people that are like, well, what about Thursday? That wasn't football. So <laughs> we, can move, you know, we can move on to it. I mean, one of the two teams played football, but uh, yeah, no. uh, yeah. So um, well, yeah, let's start there. So um, yeah, Thursday night football, Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans. Uh, were there any big storylines this game? I, I can't see. I feel like there was something important that happened, but I can't seem to place what it was. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe if you stretch it out, you, you might get it. Oh, uh, stretch it out! Somebody had a hamstring injury, right? Yeah, some some guy that uh, not sure if he's that important to any t- fantasy teams, but yeah, some guy got hurt. Yeah, I mean, most people don't care about what they uh, the guy who gets taken with the first pick overall in fantasy drafts, but uh, yeah, CMC. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, is, is this um is this going to be a normal thing now? I I think I said you know if your listeners go back and listen to earlier podcast from you know the original og off-season content that was dropped they would definitely hear me comment that i was worried i was very worried and uh i feel like i've been vindicated a little bit i feel like you've been vindicated too the uh, there and there goes my comeback player of the year so uh <laughs> though to be fair i didn't just have uh I, I didn't just have him i also had oh who else did i have for comeback player of the year I had him. Oh, I had Dak also. So I had CMC and Dak, and you had Eckler and Saquon. And oh wow, this isn't really looking all that great any way you look at it. <laughs> no, it's it's looking like maybe maybe that those picks were wrong. But hey, at least I was right about who it wasn't gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, at this point, it might just be Nick Bosa that's getting it right. <laughs> I mean, I was working today so and i i am on pretty strict internet usage at work i don't know this answer do we know how long they're staying yet for this one uh he is not on the ir as of this point in time so they are going to be treating this as a week to week all right so that's better you know that's and they're bringing in duke johnson from the from the sound of it oh that's worse so I'm starting to think that even if he's back, like even if he's just missing this week and he's back the next week, Duke Johnson's a pass catcher. And, and I get it. CMC is, but we might start to see a little bit of uh, a, a, a few less snaps. Yeah. I think they may go with, uh, you know, and I said this when the NFL did announce they're going for 17 game season instead of 16. How long until we start seeing more of an NBA style in the NFL with load management and extreme load management for guys? I think this is one of those situations where CMC might go on to like a somewhat of a load management. Yeah, make, I mean, and he was over thirty plus touches the first two weeks, so they definitely need to manage him uh, better. 
Yeah, and I mean, would you rather have a healthy CMC in week four or would you rather have a healthy CMC in, you know, the playoff season? Which yep. right now, they're 3-0. and Oh, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about that, too, because, you know, obviously uh, uh, TMT is the main talking part. But do we want to do we want to praise Darnold more, the defense more or just both kind of equally? Can we praise a cupcake schedule for three weeks more? You know what? I thought that that was going to come up and I, I came prepared for that because. For, for this defense. They've given up 573 total yards in three games. They've given up 30 points. The yard totalage is better than 28 teams that have played just two games. And the uh, point totalage is better than 26 teams that have played just two games. These numbers, what they've done, an average of 146 passing yards a game for the last two weeks. Oh, no, that's for the season. For the last two weeks, they've held their opponent uh, even lower than that, and the 14 total sacks, these numbers are going to translate, not directly, but these numbers are going to translate against good teams. They're not going to completely disappear. The, this level of dominance doesn't disappear just because the opponent's good. I thought I was unmuted, but I wasn't. What I was saying was, I'm not saying that they're going to fall off because I don't. I'm not expecting that. But I am going to say you're not. You're not going to get Zach Wilson type quarterbacks going Correct. down the stretch. And but you know, uh, well Zach Wilson aside, because the other two quarterbacks, I think they're averaging like 130 yards passing. Even if that gets doubled against good quarterbacks, that's still under 300 yards for the game. And they don't have a ton of top quarterbacks on their schedule, period, this year. No, I mean, I I like the Panthers a, a little bit here. And I've been saying this actually since, you know, as soon as they made the signing. Yeah. I think the problem with, Zach, or with uh, Sam Darnold was not Sam Darnold. It was the Jets. And uh, I agree. I'm excited to see that coming through a little bit. Yeah, no, I, and, you know, do, do I think that Darnold will regress a little against better defenses? Yes. But, you know, it still doesn't take away the fact that he has he has two or 300-yard games to start off his career as a Panther. Uh, the CMC injury does hurt, but the fact that in the second half he was able to look proficient again, I, I think speaks a lot into what the change has done for him. And, you know, honestly, but let's, I, let's not ignore the easy fumbles that he was giving up to Houston that – Carolina dodged a huge bullet by, you know, offensive lineman falling on it. Yeah, I think he uh, he had two uh, two of his fumbles recovered by his own team. So yes, this game could have easily turned around a different way. Um, you know, I, I, for, which is why when I went into the hole when you brought up cupcake schedule, I went immediately into the defense because I do have concern about Sam Darnold against a much better defense because I think that uh, these of uh, the, the defense he's faced up to this point in time have not been the challenge, but I just do. I also believe that this defense is going to translate over well when they face most other teams on their schedule. And we're probably still looking at a, an easily top 10 defense by the end of the season. I, I would agree. I think losing JC Horn is going to hurt though. I think losing JC Horn hurts. 
Um, but I also, when you mentioned the signing of Darnold, uh, I also think that the the biggest signing with Hassan Reddick, Burns and Reddick, like you heard me say it this past summer, Burns and Reddick is probably the top uh, edge rushing combo in the league. But yeah, I mean, you're only as good as the, the deep ball that you can prevent half the time. Right. How long is the JC Horn injury? Do we know? Yeah, two to three months. Oh, okay. Right now he's being uh, he's doing further evaluation, and I know this just because like I actually checked on it, even though I didn't check CMC. But I don't own CMC in any way because I do own JC Horn. And yeah. um, really, they're saying that uh, it's several broken bones in his foot. Wow. I'm not That's quite. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what several broken bones uh, is like. I mean, I know when I, I've, from personal experience, I've broken my foot several times. And uh, sometimes it heals very quickly. And other times it just, it's nagging, you know, and it, it's six months before you feel good on it again. Yeah. Man, well, I hope and pray that he, uh, that he recovers sooner than later. Because honestly, yeah. the NFL is getting robbed of a very, brilliant young corner if he if he isn't able to uh come back in meaningful time well i was gonna say speaking of nagging injuries i think that transitions us really well into our first game here <laughs> is the san francisco up oh no it's, a, <laughs> no, it's the it's carson the of the titans <laughs> so we're not talking about the team with the nagging injury we're talking about the player with we're talking about the most injury prone, prone player in the game <laughs> The guy, cannot, the guy that cannot stay healthy to save himself. Okay, how do you sprain two ankles? How do you sprain both of your ankles in the same game? Like, I was trying to figure that out too. I mean, and you know, you got to feel for once here because the, the guy's actually pretty good. Well, yeah. yeah, and the fact that he was actually able to get out on on his one ankle enough to be able to sprain the other ankle shows that he's actually pretty tough, also. Right. You know, he's he's not a bad ball player and he seems like he actually seems like one of the guys when they interview him and stuff and with all his charity work, he actually seems like a good guy. Yeah. No, it's uh so yeah, it, it, it's definitely rough. And, um, you know, one more side note before I get to my points of the games for the for the Colts and the Titans is uh, I, I'm really as much as I'm a big Derrick Henry fan, I'm really hoping the Titans aren't going to give him. 40, uh, 40, you know, or even 35 touches again this week after 41 last week. We talked about preservation, and I know Henry's built differently, but in a 17-game schedule, you can't be giving your running back 40, uh, the ball 40 times in a game. Absolutely not. And, you know, he blew up at the, the second half of that game. Yeah. Which is great, but people are – people have to remember that the first half of that game, he was – abysmal well yeah. but that you know henry does start games rough he, he you know he, he's known for that's wearing down though. defenses that's what i'm saying though so how do you how do you justify saying don't give it to him 40 times when he's the guy that's known to need it 40 times okay so i i know that uh i know that we feel differently about henry this season because i feel that you know 2,000 yards is not something that's repeatable in back-to-back seasons do you think Henry survives a full season at 35 to 40 touches a game? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
He he has never shown me a reason to doubt him though. Well, you know? if he if he averages thirty five to forty touches through uh, through seventeen weeks, you might as well just give him his gold jacket at the end of the season. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, I know there's a five year wait period, but uh, no, you you kind of did that, and like, I mean, I don't know what to say beyond that because it just it just seems physically impossible, more impossible than Brady playing the fifty. Wow. I mean, I cannot wait to next step next week's episode to break down that Brady Belichick feud a little bit. Oh yeah. That, that thing is heating up, huh? Yeah, no, that's uh this is one of those games that we all circled on the calendar whenever uh whenever we the schedule came out. Okay, but let's get into the actual uh, keys to win for the Colts and the Titans. So uh as uh uh, well, we we might we might chat about some of these more interesting games too, but uh, we we definitely no, noting both Carson Wentz and Derrick Henry, I feel was kind of important for this game. Yeah, uh, I, I, those are your two big factors, right? Like, yeah. For both games. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wentz is playing, so that's a huge factor there. All right, Titans are favored to win by five and a half. The Colts keys to victory. They have to contain the rushing attack. <laughs> like I, I don't. What happened last week can't happen again this week. That's easy way to say. Um, establish the, and they have to establish their own running game because you know the truth is this Titans offense. You know this looks like the type of week that the Titans offense might be ready to go off as a result of what Howard Derrick Henry did last week. So they need heavy dosages of uh, Taylor, Mac, Hines, whatever, to grind the clock out, and then they need to get something out of their passing attack. Uh, and besides drop touchdowns and, uh, and and penalties on plays that there were touchdowns, you know, the, when when Ison came into the game last week, it it wasn't pretty. Uh, and the fact that Coach Reich has not uh, has not committed to Ison over Hundley at this point just shows how little they're expecting out of their quarterback. Period. They need something out of their quarterback play in order to win this game. Thoughts? I could not agree with you any more than I do. I mean. I think um, Sam Ellinger is not even on their. He's not active, is it, right? Correct. Yeah, that's that's their guy, you know. So to me, it's like if that's the guy that most of your analysts think is the best one you've got, and you still don't even have him active, it leads me to believe that the rest of them aren't that good either. Yeah. And moving on to the Titans, protect Hill. You know, you know how this game can change really quick if DeForest Buckner or Quiddy Pay or you know fill in the blank are in Tannehill's face in the whole game because we saw what that ha- we saw that happen on Thursday Night Football last year, and the Titans lost because they fell behind big. So protect Hill. Number two, a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. I'm not talking 35 to 40, but I am talking 25 to 30. I think Henry can handle that load for a season. Um, so, and that's still a heavy dose in my opinion, and that's still going to keep the pressure off Tannehill, and it's still going to open the play action uh, when you use him like that. And the third one, I, I really, you know, it, it's odd because I probably should have, uh, I didn't put that the Colts needed to force turnovers, um, but, and I am putting the Titans need to force turnovers, but the truth is I think the Colts are good. I think the Titans actually need to force a turnover 
early in this game in order to in order to jumpstart the whole thing, like to win that time of possession early on. And that way it doesn't take till the, the fourth quarter for Henry to explode. It do, uh, the passing game gets started sometime in the first half. Thoughts? I think that one of the things we saw last week out of the Titans where they really started to turn that corner and, and look real, real special. Um, let Henry catch the ball. He had his career high of catches last week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't look that awful doing it. So I would say, you know, continue to do that. Because if you run, if you do like halfback screens with Derrick Henry and just let him start in open field, you're not, you're not bringing down with one or two guys. Yeah. Yeah. So now if every time. Yeah, I love that. Him every time he's on the field because they know he, there's a chance he's not just blocking and that he's actually going to go out for that pass. You're freeing up, you're, you know, you're freeing up the safety or the Mike linebacker off one of your other guys. Yeah, because even because just the fact, you know, he gets a couple of receptions early. Now you have to respect it even more, which buys more time for Tannehill, which buys more time for Brown and Jones, which which is what is going to open up this Titans offense completely into what we thought it was a few weeks ago. Right. All right. Moving right along, we have the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. Washington football team is getting seven and a half points. Their keys uh, and the Bills are, you know, Bills are protected to win by seven and a half points. Washington football team's uh, keys to winning the game generate that elite pass rush that we know you're capable of. Like, seriously, we have not seen enough of the, the first two weeks of the season. We're going to give them a little bit of pass for Thursday night football. And, you know, the, the point you made last week about elite defenses uh, struggling with a short week. So, which means, which, but in order to give them a pass there, we need to expect on a 10 days of rest that they're going to light up the Bills front. And if they don't, it's going to be a long afternoon for Washington. Number two, yeah. control, control the clock with the run game. Uh, you know, and I know this is tough because Antonio Gibson is dealing with uh, is dealing with some minor stuff as I, I believe it's in the ribs. Um, either way, it's it's something that he is going to play through. Uh, JD McKissick got more involved last week. Um, they they need to control this clock and keep the high powered Buffalo Bill offense off the field for as long as possible. Number three, protect the football. Washington should have lost that game last week. And the reason why they – and the big reason why they should have lost that game, other than all the giant mistakes uh, that, that gave it back to them, was Taylor Heineke turned the ball over when it was most important that he brought his team in for a score. That needs not – cannot happen versus Buffalo. And if it does, they will lose the game. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you've said there. I, I think of that defensive core – that we were all so excited about seeing and thought, you know, would break every defensive record and be, you know, top two or three in basically every category. I mean, I it's, still think they, I still think they can do it. I do too. But if they don't show up this weekend, it's going to be a real long Sunday for them. And this is a perfect statement week too, because it's the Buffalo bills. If you can do it, the Buffalo, the rest of the league takes notice. Right. But you have to get it done this week. It cannot be a um, it cannot be another excuse week. There's there's no excuse when you're coming off ten days rest. Yeah. 
that you I think the Buffalo Bills need to score less than 24 points in order for this Washington defense to start turning it around. Yeah, um, and I don't know if Taylor Heineke can put up 20, even 20 points against um, Buffalo. So I, you know what's funny? I don't see this, this game as super important for Washington to win. I see it as super important for their defense to dominate. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say is I think this is one of those games that you're looking, and I know it's stupid, nobody wants to say it, but you're actually looking for a moral victory here. And you if know, you get the regular victory too, good for you, right? Right. But what your primary focus is on here this week isn't necessarily winning this game. It's getting that defense to get jump started because the NFC East is not that good. You're going to be able to win that division if you have a defense that can stop Dallas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, flipping over to the Bills real quick, um, keys to victory. We, we need to see some restored proficiency from Josh Allen. Josh Allen has looked more like the Josh Allen of two years ago than the Josh Allen of last year, as far as proficiency the last two weeks. And I get it, blowout loss last week, but he almost had as many incomplete passes as he had complete ones. And he mm-hmm. wasn't the reason they won the game. And number two, continue to run the football. You finally have Devin Singletary working. It took long enough. And you finally have Zach Moss pounding from the goal line. It took long enough, but it's real. It looks real, and I think it can be sustained. And number three, feed Stefan Diggs. Uh, what happened? When, when did when, when did they stop throwing passes, Stefan Diggs? Like he is your number one playmaker. Get the ball in his hands. If you have to do a jet sweep to get the ball in his hands, get the ball into his hands. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree again with everything you're saying. I would say, you know, but I would say I'm more excited about the Devin Singletary option here. It, I think if you can get that run game established, you could you can do better things going down the road yep. because now teams would have to be more focused on not just Josh Allen. Yep. Which, if Singletary takes the pressure off, there's a great chance that Josh Allen starts to look like he did last year. Yeah, Josh Allen has MVP ability if he's able to actually do it. Like if, and I mean, like you know, if the team can accommodate him just a little bit, I think him and Diggs could. There's still plenty of time they could put up a historic season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned about the Bills' offense. I'm not concerned about the Washington defense. I just. In many ways, this is the perfect game for both of them to try to make a statement against the other. Because you limit that Buffalo offense to 14 points, or you put up 42 on that Washington defense, the whole NFL is going to take notice. Um, And, you know, we're probably going to get something in the middle. But... It will still. Be, I think this game would still is still an enjoyable or enticing game. Yeah, because it can change on a big play at any given point in time. By either team. Yep. And By either unit. Out. Like I, I don't, I'm not trying to minimize uh, what Taylor Heineke is doing and what uh, what that Buffalo defense is being restored to. It's just you know the storyline is clearly the Washington D versus, versus the Buffalo offense. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to any time that the Bills have the ball. Yep. Because that's, that's where you need to see something. 
and you know it's not very common where you say when one team has a football that's what you need you know but Washington needs to do something when they're on defense Buffalo on offense and I I'm excited something's gonna have to break yeah. you know it, we're going to know at the end of this weekend if the Washington defense can do it or if maybe you know Josh Allen has taken a serious step backwards yeah all right moving right along we got a couple of uh we got a couple of snoozers coming up, so I'm just going to blow through them really quickly. We got the Ravens at the Lions. The Ravens are an eight point favorite. Uh, keys to the success for the Ravens is number one, run the football. Duh. Uh, number two, keep pouring it on. Like, honestly, I don't want to see the eight Ravens ease up at any point in time. Uh, they didn't versus the Chiefs last week, and they ended up getting that victory as a result of it. So I, I just kind of want to see the Lions lose by, by triple digits. So, and and number three, exploit that secondary. That secondary is is depleted, and it wasn't that great before it was depleted. So, those are the Ravens' keys to victories. Any thoughts? Um, I disagree with you that I think this is a blowout game. What? I think it's a good game. I I think it's actually going to be enjoyable. I I like what I like the mindset that the Lions have right now and that attitude and not quitting under any circumstance yeah i i love the fact that they don't quit but it's they also just don't and for for the record i i said it was a bad game i didn't say it was going to be a blowout and i I know i alluded to triple digits but the one of the one on one of the ravens keys to win this game in my opinion is don't allow the lions to think they're in does that make sense yeah and i think it's going to be hard because you know lamar jackson he showed again last week that that guy cannot – he absolutely cannot stop turning footballs over. You know, he wants to give you the football. He wants to always make the big play, either for his team or for the other one. <laughs> so he's he's going to be in some highlights at the end of this game. It's just a matter of if he's on the winning side or not. But well, I'm excited for this one. The, my Lions points tie into this one. Uh, win the turnover battle by plus two because – Honestly, I, I think that if the Lions can win that turnover battle like three to one, I, I I legitimately think they have a chance. Like I know I put that as a joke one for multiple teams last week, but with the Lions, I do think it's true. They also have to control the game with the run. I, and, and I know that sounds uh, or I should say control the game with with, with, with with small ball, because I think that you could substitute the run for passes, quick passes to Williams, Swift. Hawkinson and and grind out clock that way. So it's more important to control the game. And number three, limit Lamar's impact. Uh, and man, it's it's just so much easier to say than it is to do. But some teams can do it, and maybe this Lions team is one of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think the Lions. It's just their attitude. Um. I, I like this team. This is a fun team to root for. They're not a good team. They're not a good team to root for, but they're fun. You know, it's they're they're I mean, clearly they kept it interesting for a half. They kept it interesting for a half last week and for a quarter the week before. Yeah, I mean they're they're clearly not a good team. I don't think you know. Don't get me wrong, but don't don't misquote me here and say well you said they're a good team. I I don't say they're a good team. They're fun. You know, they're spunky. I like it. Okay. We're a lot of like fun teams that aren't good teams, right? 
Exactly. Like, you know, you have to be able to root for, look for a team and be like, I'm cheering them on this week, even though they're not going to win. Okay. Moving right along. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying this one isn't going to be close either. I, I just have no, no offense to you, man. Um, I have no interest in watching the Falcons Giants whatsoever. <laughs> like, uh, Giants are favored to win by three. They're the home team, so it's basically a pick 'em. Uh, uh, if it was a neutral site, you know, for the Falcons, I have the keys to being hit the big play um, because that seems to be what the offense should be about. Number two, avoid turnovers. Honestly, they were in that game with the Buccaneers last week, and then Mike Edwards is like, ha ha, you know. And uh, number three, uh, slow down the passing attack. Because honestly, Danny Dimes kind of proved he had a little something last week. And, um, you know, it's – and let's not forget the fact that uh, Atlanta just allowed themselves to be gutted by Rob Gronkowski and uh, Mike Evans in the first half. <laughs> they, they need to stop that. Thoughts? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> and for the Giants – I just – Oh. I, I'm – I have not focused on what Atlanta needs to do this week. I've only focused on what the Giants need to do. That's fair. And number one on the Giants list is actually avoid mistakes. <laughs> we we talked about yeah. this a little after we watched that Thursday night football game last week. Um, they should have won that game. And they need to not shoot themselves in the foot again this week. Number two, uh, how about control the game with the rushing attack? You know, it's kind of like you're saying that Saquon's ready. You've increased his workload from, I think, like 47% of the stats, like 82% of the stats between week one and week two. This is the week that we need to see Saquon, and he needs to take over this game. And number three, how about harassing Matt Ryan a little? You got a defensive line that can do it. Uh, I want I want uh, Leonard Williams all over Matt Ryan like a fat boy on chocolate cake. So... Um... I, before I talk about why I, what I think about the Giants here, I would uh, ask if you know that you've missed a team on a game on your show notes, and if what? that was on purpose, you, yeah, you, you missed a game. I just didn't want to forget about it. Oh, which game did I miss? You missed the Bengals Pittsburgh game. It's not on this list at all. No, it is on the list, but uh, it was uh, two games ago. Oh, I jumped over the the Bengals and the Steelers. Okay. Um, yeah, we will go back to that after this game. So with the Giants, I think it's get that Jones-Galladay connection finally ironed out. Get that working. Get it. Get him on fire. Um, force it to him. If it means that Daniel Jones has thrown interceptions, that's okay. You can beat Atlanta with a few interceptions. Force the ball to Galladay. Uh, Gall- Gall- you know what I'm saying. I started on that one. You know, get it ironed out, figure out what's going on there, or figure out if Sterling Shepard's your guy and you're going to need to move Gouda. Yeah. Because if that's what it's going to be, if, if it is Sterling Shepard and that's the guy, that's completely fine with almost every Giants fan I've talked to, but then we've got to make a trade. You know? Yeah. I get it. All right. Jumping back up to the Bengals and the uh, Steelers, you know, how I skipped one of the better yet – one of the better games yet at the same time, one of the more disappointing games on the schedule. And I say more disappointing because both teams are very banged up going into this game. So – and it's only week three, so it would have been nice to have T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson 
and a healthy Ben and, you know, go down the list for this game. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Steelers are projected to win by three, home team again. Um, Bengals, he's the victory. Don't turn over the football. Uh, you know, honestly, it's – the Steelers' defense is good at it. The, 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 Bengals, uh, the Bengals' offense can be prone to it a little. Uh, number two, protect Joe Burrow. It's another one of those things where it's much easier said than done because we, we all know that T.J. Watt is going to put a few – uh, big blows on Burrow at some point in time this game. You know, just don't know how, but it need to minimize the damage of that and just, I don't know, just just try to figure out some way to do the impossible there. And number three, force Big Ben to throw. He has an in, injured pectoral muscle that is uh, that is being compared to very much having a, a, a more intense rib injury. If you could take away Najee Harris and force Big Ben to throw, I think the pain's going to set in at some point in time. I don't know what the result of the pain is going to be. It might just be that he, it pisses him off and he throws for four touchdowns, but it might also be that he has to take himself out of the game. It might be that uh, he doesn't have as much on it and throws a few interceptions. So force Big Ben to throw. Thoughts? I would uh, just compound that by saying hit him. Hit Big Ben so often. Get in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as much as you can, and you know, not only make him throw deep, I'd give him the de- I'd give him you know more of a deep shot to kind of try to encourage it, and see what that aren't we'll see what the pectoral muscle is going to do, you know you let you let him throw deep if he burns you he burns you but then you at least know going forward in this game what can his arm handle, yeah, and in the meantime, just keep smacking it, you know put a helmet on it as often as you possibly can. And see if you can't make him, you know, cry, Uncle. Yeah. You know, that that's all it is to me is just torture the guy. Yeah. And then obviously on the flip side, the Steelers' key, number one key to victory is going to be protect Big Ben. Uh, number two, it's going to be prevent the big play. Uh, the Bengals have had like uh, – have had like a 30 plus yard touchdown each, each week so far, right? I think both times Jamar Chase. Um, it's, and the Bengals have been out of games, uh, were out of last week's game and made it close at the end, made it competitive because of the big play. So you need to stop that from happening. And not to mention the Steelers lost last week on the big play to Henry Rucks. So that needs to change. And number three, you need to establish a run because honestly, if, if this was, if there was ever a game for Najee Harris to handle the ball 30 times, this is the game. Yeah, I mean, what I'm just going to say there is they've got to find a, the only way the Steelers can really help themselves is the same two things that I think is always going to be. Try to not force Big Ben in this uncomfortable situations with an injury. And remember, you did pay T.J. Watt $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, T.J. Watt needs to – and, you know, T.J. Watt has been earning it already, but T.J. Watt needs to really earn it this game. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the injury that he'll he'll be playing with that he's been cleared for so you know that's that is the other thing that concerns me about this game is um it's only be i guess because of tj's brother you know jj jj watt always rushed himself back too early and i just hope that that's not what tj is doing yeah hopefully not um 
but you know the funny thing is even if tj watt isn't a full tj watt this game between guys like uh to and hayward and highsmith uh and how bad that Bengals offensive line is it just that, that they can still get pressure even with a 80 percent mm-hmm. watt okay moving right along down to the saints at the patriots the uh, Patriots are projected to win by a two and a half. Um, so just another home advantage. Uh, Saints, keys to victory. How about how about let us know who the Saints are? Uh, form an identity? Like, like uh, unless last week was your identity, are you just a bad team that can't throw the football? Like, if that's the case, then the keys change pretty quickly, but I just feel when watching, when seeing what I saw of both Saints games, I have no clue who the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints are at all right now. And it just really bugs me. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to start, uh, and that feeling is going to start com- uh, coming worse if, uh, if we see another wildly inconsistent performance. Number two, um, it, whatever the Saints are, it involves Alvin Kamara. Get Alvin Kamara involved as much as possible. I don't have to say anymore. Number three, win the turnover battle. Um, I'm not, this is kind of a cop-out one, admittedly so, but, um, you know, you won the turnover battle week one and you won the game. You lost it week two and you lost the game. Uh, So maybe there's something there. Thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, they've got, they've got to just use Kamara up. You're going to be getting Michael Thomas back in a couple weeks, hopefully. So I'd say, you know, if there's going to be a time when you milk Kamara, it's got to be this game. Their schedule yeah. becomes absolutely brutal after their bye week. You know, it's it's probably one of the harder schedules in the NFL as soon as they get out of their bye week. <clears throat> so do you, do you know what this team is? Like, do, do, do you know anything about this team? This team, I don't. And, you know, I do have to wonder if that week one performance was large, largely based upon the fact they're playing their home game in another state. And, you know, they had all that emotional energy going. But then last week, you got to wonder how much of it was the COVID results. You know, they were well, missing. You know, that. and we still don't know how good the Panthers defense is because we haven't seen the Panthers defense versus a good offense. If it turns right. out when the Panthers face the Buccaneers, the, uh, the, the final score is like 17-14, then we know what last week was for New Orleans. But until the Panthers play someone good, someone with a good offense, we don't know how much that was uh, Carolina or New Orleans last week. Right, exactly. Okay, but from a Patriots standpoint, uh, how about pound the run? Um, what Damian Harris did to the Jets, especially on that one play last week, um, is probably something that you should keep on exploring and revisiting. Number two, Mac Jones needs to continue to look like Mac Jones did the first two weeks and not start to look like uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence did. And uh, number three, how about harassing Jameis Winston? Uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Like, you did it last week, you got four interceptions, and I get that Winston is, uh, is better than... Wilson at this point in time, except for I don't know that for a fact when it comes to the turnover department. Thoughts? Um, my thought is going to be kind of lay off Winston a little bit. Um, I, I know it sounds counterproductive, 
but give him some time to throw the football. Oh, you, the you guy think he's just going to make the mistake if uh, if they put too many people back? I, I do. I think if you hmm. if you allow him time to throw the football, he, he's going to give you the football. It's kind of similar to what they did to Zach Wilson. You know, just just kind of abuse the poor guy. Yeah, they, they also put a pass rush on Zach Wilson too, though. Yeah, but they always had that – They always – it seemed like every time you watched a play last week, they had one or two occasions where I, don't, I didn't see it, but almost all week you saw that they were ready and tempting Wilson. They're like, okay, you don't see us. We're going to work here. And then there was, <clears throat> there was the guy. Yeah. So I think if you, you could kind of like do that to Jameis Winston, I think. And I think it could be fun to watch. Um, other than that, I think for the Patriots, they have to, I, they have to find their identity as well. Like, do you know? Do you know what the Patriots are at this point offensively? I I think that they are a. Uh, I think Mac Jones is is a little bit of a game manager, and they're trying to win. Uh, they're trying to win with a small play. Right. I also um. I also think that a big key to this victory for New England is forget about your Week Four game. Oh, don't don't forget about the Week Four game. It's yeah. all that anybody's been asked this week on any other press conferences or interviews. Forget that you're playing the Buccaneers next week and focus on the Saints. Yep. Yeah, no, this is an easy trap game. Um, okay. Except for the fact I haven't I, – I can't remember if I've ever seen Belichick fall for a trap game. Well, Tom Brady's trainer yesterday said Belichick has never evolved, so – Fair enough. All right, moving right along. Uh, Bears at the Browns. Um, Browns are projected to win by seven and a half. Uh, it feels like it should be more. Um, not that I couldn't see the Bears covering. It's just I don't. I don't. When I give you the Bears keys to victories, I don't really believe what I'm saying. But let's take a shot at it. We win the turnover battle by two plus. Uh, Field needs to prove himself to be the answer. And stop Nick Chubb. If that all happens, then yes, I believe the Bears would win. But I find number two and number three to be difficult. Thoughts? I think for the Bears, if they could realize that they have Cole Clement on their team, they can be okay. You know, also, let Justin Fields run. You know, he's a he is a very, like, kind of Kyler Murray esque quarterback. Let him let him do it. Don't yeah. try to don't try to treat him like the rookie that you you don't want to expose as vulnerable. Let him be a big boy. He's making big boy money. You know, but we'll the funny thing him. is, you just kind of feel like Matt dial Matt Nagy's going to dial up way too safe in the game for him. Which is why when I when I say let Fields prove himself to be the answer, um, like I, I think that Fields can do it if he's given the opportunity. I don't know if this if the court if the coach is going to give him the opportunity. I can see that. But then you know, <clears throat> try to find a way to cover Odell Beckham Jr. While you also are preventing the massive run game. 
of the Browns. That to me is why I think you know it's so hard to figure out a way for for the uh, Bears to win this game because this is the first time we're seeing them with their actual run game and off uh, and wide receivers at the same time. It's going to be a challenge. And you know, for the Browns, it's pretty simple: jump out to that early lead because that's going to force that's going to force the whole game into your hands. You're going to be able to rush. Your defense will be able to turn over. So it, it's kind of I, I, you know, as as much as the Browns are the better team, I think getting an early lead is important to their win. And uh, you know, control the clock. You know, do do let Nick, Nick Chubb be Nick Chubb. And then finally, you know, get after Fields. Like honestly, uh, let's have that moment where Garrett's like, "Welcome to the NFL." Yeah, for me, the Browns' biggest key to victory is <clears throat> be explosive. Um, there's no way that Chicago can be as explosive as you. <clears throat> so if you have to turn this game into a shootout, turn it into a shootout. You know, don't don't forget that you went toe to toe with the Chiefs, and they they struggled to keep up with you. Yeah, you know. So that and to me, that's the Bears were playing a good game against the Rams. It's just the Rams kept on uh, throwing it, and eventually the Bears couldn't keep up. Uh, forcing a shootout here is is a great way to do it. But, you know, that's part of the scoring early too. Um, cool. Moving right along, Chargers at the Chiefs. Um, not America's game of the week this week because there is a there's another game that's much more deserving of it, but could have gone a different uh, week better game uh, America's game of the week. Uh, Chiefs are projected to win by six and a half points. Chargers key to victories dictate the pace of the game, and I get it. They lost to the Cowboys last week, dictating the pace of the game, but they were in the game because they dictated the pace of the game. They weren't going to win. They weren't going to beat the Cowboys 35-31. So the fact that they held that Dallas offense to 20 makes me believe that they can hamper that against the offense, force KC, if they do win, force them to win Charger style. Number two, finish drives with scores. Um, I, you know, this is so obvious. And yet, how many how many points did the Chargers leave off the board last week because of penalty or drop pass? Right. Like it, it, that game probably should not have been as close as it was, and especially that Demonte Kaze uh, uh, interception of the end zone. That that was a bad call from Herbert. He should have just thrown it away and gone to and, and gone to the next play. But you know, finish those long scoring drives with points even if it's just a field goal. And number three, uh, you know, honestly, I get it that the, uh, I get it that the Browns had that 22 to 10 lead at, uh, at halftime and they couldn't finish it off. Um, but jump out to the early lead. Like, yeah, getting the first points versus Kansas City is always important. Making Kansas City play from behind at some point in that game is almost always important. But... I think there's two other keys here. Make Kansas City play 60 minutes. Yeah, I, it's just I don't want to keep on beating that one into the ground. Oh, and actually, I, I did beat it into the ground. On the Chiefs' side, their number one is play 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, my other thought is uh, 
leave your kicker back in uh, leave your kicker back at home. I almost said San Diego because I couldn't remember for a second where the Chargers play now. Um, but uh, leave your kicker back at home. You're, I disagree with you in one area here where you said finish drives with points. I think they need to finish drives with touchdowns. They, it's they it's have- funny, though, because I know there were three drives that didn't end up with anything versus Dallas. So they are, they are literally winning that game 26-17 to 17 with the Cowboys driving at the end with no shot at victory if they kick field goals those three drives. Which yeah. maybe Kansas City is a touchdown better than Dallas. Um, but Kansas City is, I think, is a much more complete team than Dallas. I'm not necessarily sure I take the, the Chiefs offense over the Cowboys offense any given week. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not sure how to respond to that though. Um, I disagree, and I will respond. We don't have to. We don't have to agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I think, and I'm. I'm ready for your first point on the Chiefs to follow up with my first. Point yeah, on the- uh, Chiefs are play sixty minutes. Um, you know, honestly, I, I wish like, I wish we didn't have to say this with them, but they never do. Uh, number two, go for the jugular with a late lead. Like honestly, you were leading the Ravens by two scores, uh, you know, by two scores most of the uh, second half. Stop getting all cute with the small plays. Keep on just just at the, when when you have that two two score lead, just keep beating Hill and Kelsey. It's going to happen. Mm. And number three, hit the big play. Um, I, I think that goes without, uh, saying most, most weeks of the Chiefs. However, I think versus this Chargers defense, that's going to do a lot of bending and not a lot of breaking, getting that big play is important. Thoughts? For me, it's remember that you're better than them. Yeah. But don't act like it. I think... <laughs> I think that's where the Chiefs can really benefit here is go in there confident, knowing that you're better than them. Make me believe you're better than them at the end of that game. But don't act like you're superior and you only need to play two or three quarters to do it. Because you saw what happened when they only played three quarters. You know, and it's fitting because I remember just a couple weeks ago you said on the podcast, that sooner or later somebody was going to make Kansas City pay for not playing full 60-minute games. And Baltimore did. Yep. And, you know, I think that is critical. As good as Baltimore did, Kansas City lost that game. Baltimore didn't win it. Exactly. You don't have that kind of a lead with a quarterback that cannot outthrow your quarterback. I mean, let's be real. You put those two quarterbacks in any kind of quarterback competition – and Lamar is getting crushed. Yeah, and why Why the heck are you handing the ball off to CEH when the game is on the line and you need to drive for a touchdown and you need to drive for a field goal? Like, like, seriously, it's... You have Hill, you have Kelsey, and people can't cover both of them. <laughs> exactly. Good All point. right, moving right along, we have to be a little quicker with these next few games. I don't think there's a lot to say about this next game. Uh, Cardinals at Jaguars. Cardinals are seven, uh, seven and a half points favorites. Uh, Cardinals keep to the games. Continue to unleash Kyle and Murray. Let Murray do Murray stuff. Uh, number two, continue to harass uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, 
got a great pass rush. Use it. Number three, jump out to an early lead. Let the Jaguars know that you're the better team and they can't win the game. Thoughts? Yeah, make it a video game. That's just yeah. all I'm going to say about that. Make it a video game. Let Kyler be a man and player. Yep. And Jaguars, keys to the game. Uh, you know, I don't I don't believe in any of these. Like, uh, like I put down contain Murray. Like, what, what the heck does that even mean? Like, I'm I'm not sure that Washington, Tampa Bay, uh, Carolina, New England, I'm not sure Denver, I'm not sure any of them could contain Murray, to be completely honest. So uh, I think that that shows you what I believe uh, the, the Jaguar chances are. But contain Murray, win the turnover battle, and multiple turnovers, and find some way to get James Robinson back to what he was last year. Yeah, that, great, great there. I mean, nothing really to talk about there because I'm with you. I don't believe that. I don't believe Jacksonville has a shot. Another bad game. Backing it up. Jets at the Broncos. The Broncos are ten and a half points favorites. So, you know, the, the, I put down number one for the Jets. Avoid turnovers. I, you know, after last week, the the Denver defense is probably better than the Patriot defense. Uh, like avoid turnovers. Yeah. Okay. Score early. How about some first half points from the Jets? Like how, how about a touchdown in the first quarter? Um, again, I don't know. And number three, take away the run. Um, yeah. I think that's explanatory, but again, I don't think the Jets can do any of that. Yeah. I, I think 10 and a half on this game is actually not good enough. <clears throat> um, I think it needs to be a lot higher than that. And I would say the the only way the Jets can win this game is if, if you find a way for Zach Wilson to keep the ball completely in his control and not turn it over. Um, I, I don't know how this happens. I, I don't see this being a good game. He needs to score more touchdowns in the first quarter than he has turnovers for the game. That, that's how the Jets win this. Yeah, that's good. I, I Yeah, I would say yes. But I, none of us believe it. And Broncos on the other side, uh, you know, I want to just say play lockdown defense, but I, I put it as harass Wilson, take away the run, and then just pound a physical running, rushing attack. Okay. Because I don't even think Bridgewater needs to throw for 200 yards to win this game. And I feel <laughs> like he's going to throw for 300. So, <laughs> all right, moving right along. Honestly, I'm surprised the spread isn't uh, larger on this one, to be completely honest. Dolphins at Raiders. Uh, Dolphin, uh, Raiders are favored to win by four and a half points. For the Dolphins, I have them hit in the big play. But, you know, Jacoby Brissett is not the quarterback that's going to lead you on a drive. It's going to have mm-hmm. to be a big play to Fuller for Waddle. If the Dolphins have any shot in this game, they probably need at least a score, at least one score over 50 yards and another score over 30. Uh, number two, bend but don't break. Um, but yet, the Raiders broke the Steelers defense last week. The Dolphins defense isn't as good as the Steelers defense. So if they can do what they did to New England against the Raiders, they have a shot. But the Raiders broke a much better defense last week. And number three, recover from that blowout loss. Don't lose that game to Buffalo twice. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm right there with you on all these. This is a game that I don't think has really got too much in it, so I don't think I really need to talk too much about it. Yeah. And for Raiders, I have make it a shootout because the Dolphins aren't going to keep up. Um, how about a strong pass rush? Brissett is prone to error. Just get it over with. And then, you know, just don't turn the ball over yourself. Like, you know, 
protect the football like like they've done for two weeks. Yeah, I think this is another one of those uh, four o'clock games here. That this week's four o'clock games, I just think are rough. You know, yeah, so thankfully we have the Buccaneers at the Rams, and we get to we, we get to turn off uh, Red Zone and just watch America's Game of the Week. Yeah. Um, the the Buccaneers are road favorites uh, by one and a half points. Uh, Buccaneers key the victories, jumped out to an early lead. One thing that we've seen consistently through this brilliant streak that uh, the Buccaneers have put up, they're always beating their opponent early. Yes. So that seems like a formula to victory. Jump out the early lead. Number two, for uh, Stafford to scramble. Stafford still looks awkward as anything running with the football in his hand. And you have a line that can do it even if you are playing without JPP this week. And number three, I'm not even sure number three needs to be done because I think if the first two uh, – happen that the Buccaneers uh, are on their way to winning this game, but establishing a run game, which honestly, I'm not 100% sure the Buccaneers are capable of because I, I, I'm feeling it's a bottom five run game in the league at this point in time. Not that they've needed it, but again, eventually against a good team, they're going to need to establish that run game to win a game. And if not the Rams, then who, right? Sure. I, I think the biggest key for here for Tampa Bay is to limit Matthew Stafford's down downfield explosiveness. Yeah. Um, don't and again, I I'm gonna say it the same way I just said it for New England. Don't think about your week four matchup. I think yeah. that both teams could be wind, like looking down the, the barrel of a trap game because of week four. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I wouldn't be for the Rams side of the football play mistake free. The Falcons were in the game last week. And then some very bad choices by Matt Ryan led to a blowout loss. Number two, make the game dirty. I don't think the Rams can win a shootout with the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers offense is that much better. But I actually still believe the Rams defense, if they make the game dirty, because the Rams have a better run game, if they can put some hits on Brady, if they can uh, if if they can get in if they can get into somebody's head, if they can force an eject, you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like just just murk it up and and make this into a 24-21 sort of deal. I think the Rams could win that style of game. And it has to involve hitting Brady quickly because Brady releases it way too fast. So you need to be in the backfield even faster with Sebastian Day or with uh, Donald Floyd, et cetera. Yeah, um, I agree with what you're saying. But what I have to, what I would emphasize is be ready to try to keep up. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, like, have, I would say almost have two game plans ready. You know, have the game plan for we want to run this one, but then have the other one where you're saying we're willing to run this. One. You know? Yep. Uh, I think team. it's going to be an amazing game. I think that game's going to come down to the wire. I kind of feel the last team to have the ball is probably going to win. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, if you're 
if you're in Los Angeles here, show me why I'm wrong about your Super Bowl chances. You know, that's what I would say you they have to be willing to do here is absolutely make an idiot out of everybody in the country that doesn't put them in that same category as like, you know, the Green Bay Packers who got blown out in their week one matchup. And I think one thing that the Rams really benefit from is the fact that they get this as a home game because yeah. they get a home game to try to to try to help with the big picture for if they have a home game later on. Yep. Um, which is which is no foregone conclusion at this point in time because you know because that division is freakishly good. Yeah. Uh, moving right along, another team in that division, Seahawks at the Vikings. Seahawks minus uh, are favored to win by one and a half. Um, it's pretty plain and simple for, for the Seahawks. Uh, stop the run. Huh. You got a banged up Derek uh, Dalvin Cook the week after Derek Henry went off on you in a game in which you were controlling the whole way until Derek Henry said, hi, remember me? Um so stop the run. Hit the big play like you have hit every single week. We're not asking you to do anything. We're just asking you to play Seahawk football and play opportunistic defense when somebody, like, you know, when, when, when somebody fumbles, be the guy who pounces on it. Thoughts? Yep. Yeah, that to me, it's just be you. Play your style. Don't try to play somebody else's style. And for the love of God, can we get a DK Metcalf explosion? I'm glad you brought that up, right? <laughs> like, if, if you can – you have one of the best – you probably have the best number two in football. Use him. Yeah. Um, all right. Viking side of the ball. Uh, you better hope that, number one, this, this all comes down to Dalvin Cook being healthy because, honestly, I don't think the Vikings are winning if, if Dalvin Cook's not healthy. You need right. to unleash Cook, and I get it. He's coming off an injury, but if he's on the field, him and Madison need to be doing big things. Number two, you need to take away the deep ball against a team that lives and dies on the deep ball. Uh, and number three, you need to play mistake-free. You, you I need to, you know, I, I need to see Kirk Cousins um, hitting wide, uh, hitting touchdown passes, narrow windows to uh, to uh, Jefferson and to Thielen, because because honestly, it's the Vikings. If the Vikings play mistake three, and they can establish Dalvin Cook, they can win this game. Yeah, I just think what they've got to do is. Keep Cook out of the medical tent. Oh, it, it's getting disgusting at this point. It's so predictable. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Man, that, and, that is a perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm just going to let you go ahead with that now. Okay, because we have Packers at 49ers, and I know I normally do the away team first. 49ers are projected to win by three, but um, I'm I'm just going to move the 49ers up first here. And I'm going to move my second point to number one, avoid more injuries. <laughs> like, like, honestly, I, I know you like playing next man up, but um, stop playing next man up. Like, yeah. 
just can, can we go one game without a 49er entry? Like, I don't even know how, I don't even know how it's possible, but you know, at some point in time, you're going to run out of relevant players uh, uh, to get injured. And it's, you're, you're going to look like you did last year. Uh, number one, control the clock with the rushing and, I'm not even going to say rushing attack because Eli Mitchell is, is doubtful and um, uh, Jermichael Hasty's out at this point in time. To my knowledge, the only running back that is definitely on the active roster as of right now is Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to get creative. You need to do some of those uh, completions that aren't completions to Debo and Ayuk. You, you, you need to, to small ball to really just grind this out and keep the Packers offense off the field. And then you need to force turnovers. And I know Packers don't turn over the ball a lot, but the 49ers defense does turn over the ball. So you you need to find your way to, to, to just beat up the Packers. Thoughts. Yeah. Did you know this is the sixth running back of the year already since the preseason? It is is absurd. It is like, if I were a 49ers fan, I, 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 would, I would be hiring the private investigator myself at this point in time to look into this because this is beyond ridiculous. Yeah, they need to figure out what is going on and what is so wrong. Honestly, I, I'm not even joking when I say this. The NFL needs to investigate this. Like, something is wrong here. Um. Have you uh, this? It's a random question, but have you seen? Uh, have you happened to go ahead and watch Doctor Death on Peacock yet? No, I have not. It is a good show. I highly recommend it, especially for somebody as smart as you are, because I think you would enjoy that aspect of it. But this almost seems like somebody's in their medical center, like screwing with their team, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's. But we don't have a ton of time to, to rehash no. that we talk about every week. So uh, Packers keys to victories. Lots of Aaron Jones. We saw it last week. It looked good. Enough said. Number mm-hmm. two, is establish a pass rush. Uh, what didn't look good that last week was how much time Jared Goff had to throw the ball in the first half. Right. And number three, hit hard and hit often. I'm not saying you should headhunt. But apparently, the 49ers are a little fragile. So <laughs> hit hard and hit often. Yeah, my biggest key for them is for Aaron Jones to um, play with that same fire. I understand it's going to be hard to replicate that emotional energy that came after the game of losing his father and everything. Yeah. But play hard, like play with that kind of fire, and he's going to be unstoppable. And that should be a wonderful Sunday night football game for the record. Um, I hate, let's just talk from a a pick perspective. I hate the fact that's an even three and that's not three and a half or two and a half. Right. Like I I just really hate that because I feel if I make that pick, that it's going to be a push. Um, (laughs) All right. So moving on, Monday Night Football. I, I actually I actually think this is going to be a good Monday Night game. I think both of these teams are better than we think at this point. Um, I don't know it yet, but I've seen things that encourage me. So 
the Eagles at the Cowboys. The Cowboys projected to win by three and a half points. For the Eagles, I think scoring early is going to be important because they couldn't score early versus the 49ers, and they didn't score early versus the Falcons. They poured it on in the second half, and they made a and they made it close. You know, well they they closed. Uh, they made the game closer in the second half of the second week. So I really think that the Eagles need to get early points to be playing, especially against a team like the Cowboys, who you know are going to score early points. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, we saw flashes of it already. And even versus uh, San Francisco defense that did incredibly well versus them, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts still ran for, what was it, 80 yards? Yeah, it was it was substantial. So establish that running game. And I'm not talking about establish a running game to run out the clock. I'm talking about establish that running game to score points. Yeah. Because honestly, the way it's looking right now, Sanders and Hertz could potentially score from anywhere on the field. And Gainswell looks like a a, a Gainwell looks like a solid third option. And finally, bend but don't break. It's okay for the Cowboys to score. Just make them field goals. Mm-hmm. I and like that. Bend? Okay. <clears throat> for me, my biggest thing for this game, for Philly, is um, try to really hone in on what that what you are with offensively. Um, yeah, because we've seen flashes of it, but we need to see it more. And I get it. When you play the 49ers defense, it's tough to see more, but we need to see more. Right. We need to know what you are. And Dallas is a perfect team to do it because they will turn you over if you if you let them, but they will also give up yards. Right. All right. Cowboys win the turnover battle. They won last week because they won the turnover battle. Um, I know it's all about the offense, but that defense has actually stepped up uh, in, in both games so far. Number two, hit the big play. Um, you know, honestly, the easiest way to score on the Eagles is probably going to be outside of the 20-yard line. And number three, four to force a shootout. This doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, but honestly, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you want to force a shootout every single week. Thoughts? Um, my biggest thought here is <laughs> expose Philly for the young team that they are. <clears throat> they may be good or adequate, but they're very, very young. Expose them for that. Yep. <clears throat> because if you put them under pressure, they're not going to make the decisions that, you know, Dak is going to make. Yeah. Uh, so it's just expose the fact that they're younger than you and they're much less experienced than you. And Jalen Hurts has seen a lot less things than Dak has. Correct. Yeah, no, veteran experience definitely could be the difference in this game. Yep. All right, moving on. We are now to the point of making picks. All right, last week, uh, from from what we can tell, we believe that Mr. Rarig was four and two. I was five and three. I made way too many picks last week, so I'm going (laughs) to tone it down a little this week. Uh, I'm up to nine and four on the year, but I think that uh, we laid some ground rules for, for, for future weeks. So um, if, if we end up tied, we'll use these early weeks as a tiebreaker. But uh, the, let, let's say the real competition starts now. Sounds All right. Good? Sounds good. All right. 
So my picks for this week, I'm looking through the slate of games and, you know, honestly, I'm not loving a ton of them at first glance, but, um, you know, I, I really believe that the, uh, oh, wow, I did not include one of my top picks. Uh, I really believe that the Raiders should be favored to win by much more than four and a half points. I, I really think this is a double digit win for them. So I'm going to take the Raiders and I'm going to lay the four and a half moving right along. Uh, honestly, the Cardinals are a severely better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do I think that they're going to win by more of a, more than a touchdown? Yes. Do I think it's risky playing the Cardinals after they eked out a one-point victory that they, they didn't necessarily earn versus the Vikings? Um, I do think it's risky, but at the same time, I, I think the Cardinals understand now they can't take an opponent for granted, and they're just going to bury the bags. So Cardinals, minus a seven and a half. My third favorite is going to be the New England Patriots. Um, honestly, until I know what's going on with the New Orleans Saints, it's, you know, uh, until I know what's going on with the New Orleans Saints, it, they feel like a, a safe enough team to bet against at this point in time. And the Patriots only have to win by a field goal in order to win this game. So I will take the Patriots land two and a half. Uh, moving right along. I like, uh, so, so I'm doing five picks for the games and, um, uh, uh, so since I did three favorites, I'm going to do two dogs. The Washington football team getting seven and a half points is appealing to me. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. Do I think they're going to lose by less than a touchdown? Yes. So I'm going to take Washington plus seven and a half versus Buffalo. And I, you know, I put down that I was going to either take the Packers plus three or the Eagles plus three and a half. I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. And I think that the Packers chance, I hate the fact that there's not a 0.5 on the end, but I think the Packers chance of winning outright is greater than the Eagles chance of winning outright. I think either one of these two teams uh, could, could lose by a field goal, which, which makes the Eagles that much more appealing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go for, Nope. At the end of the day, I'm going to take the Eagles for a third week in a row, and I'm going to take the three and a half points because I just really hate the fact that that is a three and not a 2.5 or a 3.5. My touchdown scores for this week are going to be Darren Waller is going to hit the end zone versus the Dolphins. Another dominant performance. And Saquon Barkley is going to hit Bader and actually have a good game for the Giants, a, a comeback game of sorts. And my final prop that I'm going to take, uh, DK Metcalf over 75 and a half yards. Yes, please. It's going to be easily over 100. Go. All right. <clears throat> so my, I'm starting with an underdog. Uh, I'm go, it's, if you really want to call him that, I'm going with the Vikings plus the one and a half. But I'm going to let you keep the one and a half. So I'm just going to take the Vikings with the money line. I think they can. I think they can handle Seattle here. I think they're actually one of the most underrated teams currently in the league. Then you give you my second underdog right out the gate. I'm going with the Rams. I, I like the Rams here. Uh, I, I know I shouldn't. I like the Rams at home with Matthew Stafford. I, I like them to do some some cool stuff. And if there's any team that I think can keep up with the Buccaneers in the scoring column, I think it's going to be the Rams. But, uh, you know, then I'm also like your dogs. Thank you. I have to take the Raiders minus the four and a half. Yeah, you have to. That's insane. Yeah. I think that spread is very broken. 
uh, I think they could put I think they could put that game to bed before halftime. Uh, <clears throat> then I'm you know I love you, Jay Mill, but I'm gonna take the Broncos minus the ten and a half. Dude, I only I, the only reason I didn't take it is because I'm a Jets fan. And I'm also gonna go ahead and uh, just because I want to, <clears throat> I'm going to take the third underdog. I'm going to take a third underdog. Oh, nice! I know we said we only had to take two, but I'm taking a third. I'm going to take the Saints plus the two and a half. So we are on opposite. We are going head to head, Saints and Patriots. Nice. We are. I I just think that the Saints, despite the identity, uh, they're a better football team. I and I also think, you know, it could be me just reading too much into situations around me, and seeing too much of stuff that's inaccurate. Yeah, you keep on saying that the the Patriots are not uh, that the other team playing the Patriots is the better football team every week. You, know, you saw yeah. how it happened with the Jets last week. <laughs> I I think at this point though, I, I don't even think it boils down to which team is better. I think it boils down to the fact that the Saints are looking at the Patriots and the Patriots are looking at Brady. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think regardless of how poor some NFL teams can be versus others, I don't think there's ever a team that you can just completely say, eh, we don't need to focus there, you know? Okay. Uh, you got some props for us? I do, actually. I'm gonna. We talked about it. You ruled that it was okay. My first prop: the Toronto Argonauts up there on the CFL. I like them a lot. They're get, they're giving up one and a half. <laughs> then I like the uh, I like Kyler Murray to throw for over two and a half touchdowns this week. Yeah, no, that's a nice easy one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a layup. I don't know why that's basically even money right now in most books. And, uh, oh, because I, I think DeAndre it, Hopkins might not play. I mean, that would make sense. But it's still – they still have way too much talent for him not to throw three to four. Oh, hey, J-Mo, guess what just happened? What just happened? Literally, as we're recording this podcast, Trey Sermon ruled out for week three. Trey Sermon ruled out for week three, did not pass concussion protocol. Oh, my goodness. He was cleared just like an hour ago. Yep. Trey Sermon, out week three. I don't even know who's the next guy up there. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what to tell you on that one. So, um, <laughs> so back to my picks. Um, this one's actually despite one of my other picks. I did take the Saints, but one of the prop bets I'm going to go with this weekend, and uh, I, I don't know why I like it so much, but Matt Jones to throw for over 242 and a half yards. Okay. Uh, I think that Matt could throw for over 242. And that's what I'm going with. Cutting out a bit. I just, uh, sorry, I was talking to my shirt because I'm getting ready to go. Uh, yeah. I think Matt Jones there is. So you can throw for over 245, uh, 250 and still lose that game. So I, I, I'm just going to go that route. Okay. And then uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. All right. So 
that those are the picks. The picks are in. We both picked. Uh, we 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 both chose eight. We chose three props. And we chose five games. And uh, yeah, so that that's the way it's going to begin. That's the way it's going to work. Uh, so I know you have to get going. So I'll allow you to say any final words before I say my final words and my thanks to everyone. Yeah. So my final words here are just going to be, Jamal, for real, like community. If anybody else out there likes Canadian football as much as I do. I would be more than happy to entertain any CFL conversation through Facebook and uh, try to grow this, try to grow the community of Canadian football fans in the United States. Nice, nice. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a peek sometime. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for all for being a part of the JML for real community and uh, just, you know, spread the word around about it. Uh, send people to the Facebook page. The link is in the show right now. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Instagram and Twitter are pretty active. TikTok's still working on it, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, thank you to World in Sport for allowing me to write articles for them. I release articles three days a week with World in Sport. I do the Sunday recap. I do a uh, an entry article that released on either Wednesday or Thursday based off of how I feel the stories are going. And I then I preview my my favorite five games of the week on on Saturday. So uh, yeah, uh, follow those articles. They'll all get listed on the Camel for Real Facebook page. Uh, the podcast comes out two days a week now. We do our food football Friday episode. That's me and Josh. I'm still looking for a co-host to do the game recaps with me uh, on on Monday. So yes, it will be it'll go to a Monday release for the podcast. And Tuesdays, I'm just going to uh, TikTok the Monday night recap, and I figure that's the way to get that involved so um so yeah once again thank you all for being part of it thank you for rating us if you haven't rated uh, rate us on google or apple yet uh go ahead and do that right now thank you to anchor for hosting for us and uh thank you josh for being a part of the show thank you for all who are involved in the jmo for rail community and uh yeah um i have nothing funny to say to end this show <laughs>